When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Maybe I do poop daily. Maybe you do poop daily. Who we knows? We currently are in the middle of a loose anus conversation. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. But this is, welcome. we are starting a cult that's Grant up Jake and Mitch is here. You guys are, I was letting them know that I've been pooping daily for about years now. You've missed a vast majority of the work week due to pooping. Oh, I had terrible fucking diarrhea. All due to Taco Bell. Oh, it was just awful. I don't... See, I don't think it helped because like I had a cold the week before, and I was taking you know like Dayquil and shit, and I think it was like a the mixture of a bunch of uh, medicine yeah. and liquids, and then Taco Bell. It just it caused a massive storm. It was a rough go. <laughs> I'll yeah, admit yeah, it was yeah. a rough go, but I'm back in business. So I'm not sick, and I'm pooping solid again. Wow. So it's, it's I'm two for two. What a right day! Now. Yeah, this is two. This is good. This is a good way to start this. Indeedy dandy. Yeah. Speaking of shit, that's not a good segue. It's Alistair Crowley Part Three. That's what we're doing. Yeah, we. Are. If you couldn't tell by the title, we're back, dude. Back in the New York blue. As the oh, it's say. true. It's true. Yeah. I hope you guys aren't tired of this guy yet, because I know he's. A, I know he's a handful. I he only gets more interesting. You know. I know that he can be quite the the guy, um, but, but trust me, we're getting somewhere with this. Yeah. It is going somewhere. Yeah. It's very imperative that you're not sick of it yet, too, because we might have to go longer than we thought. Yeah, we'll We're see. just going to tell the story until it's done. We're bad at, at, uh, at guessing how long series will take. Yeah, uh, it's coming to light. Uh, it's not an easy thing because it's like you know. There's you have, so much. You have something in your head, and then as you're digging it up, and you're like, okay, here's here's what's going to happen. Then something else pops in. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's like, well, oh, I can't not mention that. You this know? is an important detail that we need to get. So it, it it'll build. It'll get there. Yeah. But you'll uh you'll definitely get the whole story here within a couple weeks, to say the least. I promise. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Alistair Crowley, part three. So we last left off with Crowley uh, becoming obsessed with the hidden church he'd read about. Uh, in, in some sense, finding it. Being introduced to drugs. Being physically kicked down a flight of stairs by one of the most notable poets of all time. Moving to New York, then going to Mexico City. 
being told by Eckenstein that he uh, needs more discipline after theoretically summoning him, uh, you know, to be a guide, getting into yoga and marrying a very shitty and promiscuous woman named Rose Kelly out of spite of decent spirituality. Now, uh, so one correction from last week that I that I caught. Alistair Crowley's actually a woman. Oh, that would be insane. That's the biggest correction Wouldn't we have. Wouldn't that just be a mind blower? But no, uh, one correction from last week. It was not Rose's father that came in after the two had wed. It was her brother. Doesn't really matter, but, uh, you know, why why For not, why not say sake, it? You know, I get it. I there get you it. There you go. So, that's where we left off. Crowley quickly found that his new bride was an idiot lush. Okay, so she was kind of stupid, kind of drinking all the time. Uh, despite this, however, the two began their honeymoon, and Crowley began uh, to take a liking to her. You know, just so he was like, you know, growing accustomed to her face. Grant. I get that. You understand? Who doesn't get accustomed to people, you know? No, it's true. It's a comfort thing. You it know, is. you see the same person, you're like, I'm, I can trust this person. It is. Even but, if that person's Hitler. You'll well, learn to trust them after a while. No, it's true. A lot of it came from her sexual willingness, too, and, uh, and magical intuitiveness, supposedly. Because their honeymoon consisted of a lot of traveling, but no uh, location was more notable than the night that Crowley convinced a guard to let the two spend the night in the Pyramid of Giza. Okay. So they're, they're fucking in the Pyramid of Giza. That's something not many people have been able to do. No, I, in many, many years, I would assume. But uh, So while in the Pyramid, Crowley attempted to summon... The Egyptian god Toth. Nice honeymoon activity, summoning an Egyptian god. Apparently, an astral light filled the pitch black of the uh, the pyramid's interior. Oh, During really? this ritual, isn't that insane? Nothing happened afterward, but still. Okay. You know, he got a little flash of light. Flashlight. Flashlight. Maybe there was a flashlight involved. So, uh, the two then returned to Sri Lanka, where Crowley was dead set on hunting bats for whatever reason. He really wanted bats. Yeah, my family used to do when I was like, well, this was like the generation before me, but hunting bats. It happened on occasion, very rare occasions, just to like witness what happened. You know, they'd be like, uh, we'd have like a big light pole in like a dark area, so the bats would kind of swarm it. Yeah, and then you just fill a milk jug up and you just start throwing them in the air, trying to hit the bats. You're throwing milk jugs at bats. That's yeah. how, that's how you would hunt them. You just see if you can hit them. You don't. I mean, you don't do anything. You just see what you can do. <laughs> so if you get one, you're like, oh shit. That one's dead. I know. Like, you don't do anything with it? PETA is certainly probably not happy about that, but they're a bunch of fucking losers anyway. Yeah, so. PETA's fine. They're just putting dogs in a bunch of places where they die after two weeks anyway. No, PETA you know, like is... It's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive to, the, to their message. PETA is, for lack of a better term, one of the worst organizations that could ever live. They're, they're worse than terrorists. You know why? You know why? Can I tell you why they're worse <laughs> yeah, than terrorists? Yeah, yeah. yeah let me, because let me at least a terrorist isn't going to try to tell you how bad of a person you are for not being a terrorist. They'll just kill you. Well, PETA, sort they're gonna, of. They're going to uh, shame you. <laughs> they, the whole reason they're terrorists is because they don't like the lifestyle that we're... Yeah, but they we, don't. Uh, we, they don't go have. around. They don't, you know, fucking like, hey, you're wrong. You're That's all idiot. they do. <laughs> no, no, they <laughs> they're violent it, because of it. They keep it to themselves for the most part. In, in that they not. strap bombs to themselves. Yeah, but when's the last time that happened here, huh? 
20 years ago. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess if you want to like count like the Boston one, but I, that I, the, I don't even think they were terrorists. They were just like weird. Let's just say PETA and terrorists are the same thing. I'm putting PETA ahead of terrorists as far as who's worse. All right. It's a preference thing. You could stand by me in that decision, people. Yeah. Let's bound together. No, it makes sense. And let's fucking organize a rally to just, I don't know, torture and kill PETA. Maybe insert things into their body where they don't want them inserted. Like like animals? I mean, you could but then PETA would have to step in and stop that. Yeah. yeah, no, they love animals so much we forcibly stick a gerbil in all of their asses. It's a very niche kink. Well, clothes, okay, clothes. That's what that's what uh, that's what Crowley wanted to do with these bats. He wanted to make clothes. Well, that's just silly. <laughs> Way more silly than milk jugs. Yeah, this guy's just a fucking silly goose. Yeah, he was largely unsuccessful. He wasn't very good at it. Only merely wounding wounding a single bat. And that was only because it got entangled in Rose's hair. And she was, like, all freaking out and drunk. And he was like, no, I'll just injure it. Uh, so this aside, Rose was now pregnant. Though uh, her, her very heavy drinking never wavered. So that's not good. No. No, it's not good. Uh, so the two began making their way back to Europe. But they made another stop in Cairo before they made it there, right? So on March... 16th of 1904, Crowley was conjuring up air elementals called sylphs to entertain Rose, simply as an entertainment. It was like TV, magical TV. Specimens I'd like to fuck. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was quick. Wow. (laughs) Maybe maybe, is that what it stands for? What are sylphs? Do you know what sylphs are? I I told you what they are. Wow. Specimens. You just got the inside knowledge. Yeah. You're very intuitive. Maybe you have an intuition for magic. No, it's cool, though. I, I'm a silfer. I've been a lifelong silfer. Specimens, huh? I'm a silf That's head. That's your thing? You know? Specimens? Yeah, I'm a silf head. Uh, some people like to call us, you know, uh, nerds, but we're just silf heads, you know? Silfies, yeah. Make a bunch of weird shit in a lab and just, just start rubbing it just on Just go at genitals. it, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where is it? Silfs, yeah. Sylphs to entertain Rose. All Rose would say, however, was, they are waiting for you. Over and over again. They are waiting for you. All right, Rose. They are waiting for you. Cut the cryptic nonsense. But Grant, they're waiting for you. Okay. Okay. This continued and took the form of other single sentence, uh, sentence to repetitions, you know, uh, until Rose eventually let Crowley know that the one who was waiting was the Egyptian god Horus. I mean, of course. Of course, it's Horace at the door. He doesn't have anything better to do with his day-to-day than to just hang around. He's just waiting. Waiting for fucking Crowley. He's just like, I'm going to freak this guy out so bad. No, it's true. So, yeah, Horace was waiting, apparently. That's what Rose said. Uh, he had been Apparently, he was greatly offended by what Crowley had done. What exactly that is, no idea. But his actions made Horace all pissed. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Apparently, Horace didn't also. Uh, so th- this was uh, even stranger due to the uh, the fact that Rose knew next to nothing about Egyptian culture at all. So it would seem that she was just kind of receiving this information from somewhere else, possibly. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, it's just being slow. The seeds are being planted, and she's like, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's what happens when you go fucking the Pyramid of Giza. 
But so yeah, uh, after this, uh, after Rose apparently you know channeled Horus and told Crowley uh, that the equinox of the gods had begun, meaning mankind was entering a new era, and Crowley was the spokesperson of the new age, the age of Horus. Isn't that exciting? Is this like magicians yeah. like pitching woo? Like what is this? In a, yeah, in a weird way. Um, that is something. I, I want to before we go on. I want to rewind for a moment. Can can I suck us into reality for a second? No, absolutely not. Do we really think that they fucked in the pyramid of Giza? Because I'm in the camp that says no. They might have. First off, what do you mean? Who? It's their honeymoon. I uh, see. Okay. Okay. Uh, here's my thought. I know I know this was a different time, you know, and I know people fucking hate that, but it's true. It was a different time. I still would like to know what security guard would just let that slot. Like, what did he give him, you know? Maybe he used his magical powers or his, uh, his invisibility. I'm thinking it's just all too perfect. Maybe you know? he offered to bottom for him. He's like, I'm going to have sex in the pyramid, and then I'm going to bring in the age of Horus. It's like, eh. <laughs> he didn't know he, at the time. He, they, this information's all coming from Rose. No, see, I'm thinking. He's just like, oh, pyramid of Giza, let's go. I'm you thinking know? they knew. Uh, they, these guys know something. This guy fucking walks. He practically <laughs> yeah. does. This guy's walking, dude. I don't trust him. Well, I don't know, man. I feel like they may have had sex. I mean, they definitely <laughs> I, I don't had know. Like, sex. Who cares? They Honestly, definitely had sex. The craziest part is the fucking flash of light that came. Just out of nowhere, you know? That doesn't happen to you guys? He's trying, to, su- trying to summon Toth. There's flashes of light. Maybe if I'm dehydrated or something, but I don't, I don't know other than that. You guys, Maybe I'm having sex wrong. There's always blinding lights. <laughs> wow. Like, absolutely <laughs> just blinding. Yeah, did you have any light at all? Yeah, oh, I forgot. Wow. Yeah, I was masturbating before my dental procedure. Ah, uh, yes. That, yes, was, yes. that had nothing to do with sex. <laughs> I kind of got caught in the moment there. No wonder my dentist gave me that crown for free. <laughs> all right, so uh, Rose also said, uh, you know, in, in, this, in this time of her seemingly channeling things, Rose also said that Crowley's guardian angel named Eowas... Uh, though he had never completed the Auburn Melon ritual, wanted to make contact with him. All right, so his guardian angel's like, hey, give me a ring. You know, he's like, call me up, Crowley. No. Who knows, man. Uh, let's see. Entering a new age. Guardian angel, Eowas. There we go. And it was Eowas's will that on April 8th, 9th, and 10th, Crowley was to channel Eowas through writing uh, at a desk in a hotel in which the couple was staying. Okay. Okay, so Crowley did this and supposedly heard a voice telling him what to write down from the corner of the room behind him. That's how he channeled this, okay? Okay, sure. All these writings. These writings were to become known as arguably his most well-known work, The Book of the Law. Big, pivotal piece. Great title. This dude's clearly a creative. (laughs) Clearly... (laughs) He's Not uptight at all, no, no way. The Book of Law. The Book of the Law. I'm pretty sure the actual Book of Law isn't even called the Book of Law. No, I think it's just law. Yeah, it's just like this you know, is it's just... Like, it's kind of straight to the point. It's just rules. And in that sense, enough. this is just more of a grandiose version of it. Yeah, this guy's a tool it's a power move. for sure. It's a power move. 
So this book was to become the cornerstone of the religion that he would later begin called Thelema, which would have uh, such memorable taglines as, Do as thou wilt uh, will be the whole of the law. And another one, everyone's favorite, Every woman and every man is a star. Doesn't that just make you feel good? It does. How does that make you feel, Grant? It does, but then what do you think about people that are like higher up than your run-of-the-mill person? What are they? They're stars. They're stars too, but yeah. why are they better? Why are they better stars? Why aren't they just as good? That's what I'm saying. Like, why why aren't we all on equal uh, star power here? We are. Every man and woman is a star. Yeah, fucking tell that to Samuel Jackson when I'm trying to get into a bar and he's in front of me. He's a red giant. How about that? They can only fit one. Okay, and they're, who is it? Who are they picking? Me or Samuel? I'd be pissed if they picked me. Okay, I'd be like, I don't deserve this. Well, that's yeah, do as thou wilt is the whole of the law. You let him go ahead of you, yeah. See, all the bases are covered here. No, all right? it's all fucking bullshit. You're all bullshit. It's you know what? I don't believe him. I think Alistair Crowley was a fucking <laughs> giraffe in a sweatshirt. Well, you know what? <laughs> Crowley admittedly didn't even understand a vast majority of the final writings in the Book of the Law. That's how you know okay. you're a good leader. <laughs> but he would go on he would go on to write multiple texts regarding his pontification upon the text itself, trying to further understand it. The ultimate goal of the text, as it uh, is understood today, is to strip away all but the true self and to find who and what one really is, truly. You That's know? poetic. It is. It's beautiful. He's a poet, sort of. Uh, so the one aspect of this that mirrors Levain's Satanism, and, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, kind of mirrors Levain's Satanism, is that you know one's will that harms others is not true, true will. So it's basically do whatever you want, but don't fuck around with other people. Yeah, pretty much. You know much. what I mean? Yeah, like, if you boil it down, that, that it's the same idea. Yeah. It's like, be cool. That, that, that's really all it is. We've boiled it down even further here. Yeah. Just be cool. No, yeah, be cool, dude. Like, you do whatever do, you want, but just be cool. You can do what you want. Like, let's say you want to, you can like have sex with whoever you want. You can eat whatever you want, but you can't eat a corpse and you can't molest anybody. You know that's yeah. against the rules. It's basically just uh, consent and don't be a cannibal. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're taking it too far. You're you're being too gracious with the rule here. It says be fucking cool, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so in. That's in Satanism is like be cool, but uh, Crowley's version of it's basically like do whatever the fuck you want. That's you have to. If you want to do it, you actually have to do that. Yeah, you or else it, you're going against what I'm trying to <laughs> trying to say. You thought yeah. it, uh, you're legally obligated. So in a way, the law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Levian Satanism is is like the, the 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 sweet nice version of what Crowley was trying to do. Yeah, they're the updated, they're like the Hollywood version, you know? They're trying to break into the scene. No, it's true. Crowley's more just like, let's just hang out with these, like, weird hobos. You know, the Levain Satanism, are like, let's fucking shoot for the moon. <laughs> that, that's much the more, difference. Yeah, it's a much uh, more positive light. Uh, one thing to note as well about the Age of Horus, you know, the, the thing that, uh, that Crowley was supposed to usher in, so says his lush wife, uh, is that the, it, it is the Age of the Child. Right, yeah, the, the previous ages being of the mother and the father, respectively. So this meant that the age to come would be rife with destruction, chaos, and fire. Because have you ever like met a kid? Yeah, it's rough. It, it makes sense, you know. They're cool. Uh, terribleness. They're cool for a stuff. while, then they get really uncool, and then it's like, well, they just start screaming as if they're murdered, but they just dropped ice cream. You yeah, know? it's like it's, it's crazy. It's hard to deal with a child. You know, they're like, I want to do this. It's like. 
Yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that? I'm tired. They're like, no, let's, I want to go out. Uh, never mind. I want to do this instead. It's like all these Go to things, your room. Yeah. Every one of these things that you want to do is not something I feel I want to do right now. It's like it's but not. You can't it's say not no. even possible. I can't fly. Yeah, like, and I'm not buying you a plane ticket. Come on, let's what go fly about? and play catch outside. It's like, well, could we decide which one we want to do first? And if it's catch, we could do that. But you don't know how to catch. If it's or flying. Throw. You've been watching too much Superman. You know, fuck Superman. Superman is an idiot. Uh, so, and the 20th century, right, has been one heavily populated with conflict and sadness. Indeed, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we have our. So he kind of called it. Like, this happened before World War One, even, and that kind of kicked it all off. Don't we think that's been happening forever, though? Yeah. Like, even, like, when, to- like, think of, like, the Black Plague, right? Like, there, everybody was like, can't wait till this is over. Like, life's going to be so much better. But there was always that one guy that's like, just wait. It's going to be worse than this. Well, so it's basically just like, oh, Tom Brady's going to do well. Like, yeah, he's like, going to It's play just football. calling something that's happened forever. Like, yeah, you know? there will be church on Sunday. It's like, holy shit, that How guy told know? me my future. How did he know? Oh, yeah. So Crowley was, uh, he, he saw this work, you know, the Book of the Law, and he was like, I have a lot of stuff in my hands. I had the Age of Horus, I got to usher it in. Uh, he was uh, he was a little intimidated. Okay. Plus, yeah. He knew that in order to sell the idea to humankind, he needed to become larger than life, only deepening his desire to be immortalized beyond physicality. So yes. he he didn't uh, he didn't release the text when he was finished, but felt it was uh, you know it was appropriate to grant himself a new title in the magical realm of the uh, yeah grant and uh, a title of the sixth degree deptist major. Yeah, this everyone guy, knows what that is, right? This guy plays fucking role playing video games. That's oh, yeah. like, that's what this is. Yeah, if he was alive today, he'd be really in to like reading about this online he'd probably have like a little boutique that sells like plastic skeletons and like weird necklaces and he'd be happy he would fucking love skyrim that's like all he would do he would just spend his entire day doing that (laughs) the cat man is telling me to go this way across this mountain Mm, yeah he would he'd buy like every version you could get and then he would just be like online gaming for just ever yeah oh sorry uh he he got the the title in the uh, the sixth degree deptist major. That's true. That's how you have to say it. Guy can't say an R. He can't say an R. We can't forget that. He would not do well in a Hispanic family. I'll tell you that right no, now. No. What? How would him rolling an R sound like? Like you can't go. It's like you're just like burping. It's terrible. Very sick and very thick accent. Uh, so now this was a magical ranking, the the sixth degree Deptist major. It was a magical ranking within the Golden Dawn, which, though he had abandoned the group, he still seemed to follow the rules of it in his magical works, and he would he just would keep uh, updating his title within this thing that he's just like, oh no, it's lame, fuck those guys. <laughs> no, but he was still like working his way up just to himself within their rules. It was all very hilarious. Uh, because just like with Christianity in his youth, he needed the structure to work within, and at the same time, against Grant. He's a very complicated and uh, superfluous man. See, I'm, I'm, the more we go, 
I'm getting real jaded against this guy. I'm thinking he's just full of shit all the time now. This was his ultimate goal is for everyone to hate him. He's good so at he's, it. he's doing it. He's a real tool. I'm literally I'll just you telling you about his life, and you're like, this guy fucking sucks. He, and I'm sure everyone else thinks that. See, he's, he's a fun guy. He's interesting. You yeah. definitely want to meet him at like a party or a bar or something. But he's probably not like that cool. He, you know, if he's around a lot, you're like, fuck, I don't want to go there. You're like, this guy's, ah, uh, Alistair's going to be there. Yeah, maybe I'll just you see stay him once in a tonight, year and you know? pops in, you know, and you're just like, oh, hey, good to see you, man. I missed you. Let's get together. And then you never get together with him. He's you like, know. there's no upward momentum. It's just like, oh, spiraling. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, once the couple, Corelli and Rose, you know, they returned to, to Europe after their, their honeymoon shindig and the fucking in the pyramid and all the lights and the gods and the age, you know, and his, and his new title. Uh, Corelli, under direction of Aeos, made little cakes mm-hmm. made of uh, honey, olive oil, wine, and menstrual blood. Cool. I don't know where he got the menstrual blood because Rose was pregnant. So, I don't know where he got it. Hey, some women still bleed while they're pregnant. There you go. Uh, there you go. Everything's crazy. He got very lucky on that that front. He yeah. needed it at the he right time. He needed it for his baking, yeah. Uh, he wouldn't eat these cakes, however, which I was kind of disappointed. I was like, ah. Pussy. Like eating like a cake pop, you know? He won't commit to his own belief. He doesn't even care. But apparently having him around would attract magical beetles. Okay. Magical right. beetles these things would attract. If uh, if Crowley named one of these beetles after an enemy and killed it, the same fate was supposed to befall the enemy. Okay, so that's that's the, the point of these things. Also, if Crowley ate one of the beetles, uh, he claimed to become stronger than before. Oh. So these are... It's like it's like voodoo beetles. So it's you know? just, this guy's just... This, guy, this guy's just Bill Schnobling. All right, that's just who he is. <laughs> and then we did cocaine, and I went to Mars, and there was a big obelisk. And he name. cut open my chest, and I suckled his blood. And <laughs> then I went back to my parents' yard, Pretty and it was much. all burned up. It's like, Jesus, man. Yeah, fucking Crowley's like, you guys want to know a secret? If I name these bugs that eat period blood in my kitchen... I'll fucking kill whoever I name it. And then if I eat it, I'm just, like, super jacked. And let's not forget when he tried to feed a skeleton and make it come back to life. Yeah. <laughs> With dead birds and fucking wine and shit. If, if the eating the magic beetles actually worked, why wouldn't you just eat all the magic beetles? And you would just be, like, the strongest person ever. It's a grotesque a, a abuse of power, Grant. Oh, that's the abuse of yeah. power, the magic beetle power. <laughs> and also, he would probably love to abuse power. So He, he often did. We'll get into that. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's summoning these beetles with these cakes made of honey, olive oil, wine, and menstrual blood. And uh, they're, they're, I don't know if they worked. I don't know if they worked. But uh, anyway, Crowley then sent Sam Mathers, Samuel Mathers, a letter claiming to be the true... Leader of the Golden Dawn, even though both were no longer a part of it. Nice. He's just opening a wound that wasn't even there, really. He's so like, we've like, moved on with our lives. They'd be like, if now, like, I don't know, put yourself like in this Grant, scenario. Grant, I was the coolest kid in third grade. Or like some guy, right? Like, if you go think back to like elementary school, some guy, you know, it's just like, hey, guess what, Jake? I'm the dodgeball captain now. It's like... <laughs> 
Great. Oh, great. You work at the gas station? Cool. I, okay. Um, you, you, Good right. to see you. I mean, yeah. I kind of haven't played dodgeball. It's been a uh, while. Since my testicles dropped, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> Good for you, man. Uh, so uh, when Mathers didn't, he didn't respond. He he just didn't. He either didn't read it or he didn't give a fuck. But, uh, so, yeah. He didn't respond. Crowley took this as reason to proclaim magical war. Of course. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, whether, magical war. Magical war. Whether this was truly happening uh, or not, it, you know, what was whether this was truly happening or not, what actually was going on was some weird shit and chaotic. You know, it was weird and stupid. Uh, Crowley's dogs died all at once. Cool. After this happened. And then a servant. Peter has a bar. Uh, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, apparently after his dogs died, a servant uh, of his, you know, went insane and tried to kill Rose. Okay. Sort of weird. Uh, to which Crowley responded by threatening him with a giant fish hook until he was coaxed into the basement. <laughs> and then after that, I don't know what happened. Well, you may have called the police. He's like, I'm going to uh, kill you, and they're just holding the fish hook. It's like, well, I'm just going to leave. Then he's like, no, 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 get in the like, basement. Get in the basement. I got like, this hook, don't you see? All you have is a hook. Couldn't you just, like, punch that hook and run? Well, I'm, I'm not into punching hooks. He's got magical beetles, so I guess you can't really run far, you know? No, it's true. Yeah, the beetles will find you. He'll just name a beetle after you and mm-hmm. eat it. Oh, you're fucked, kid. Kill it or something. I don't know. <clears throat> all right. In retort... Uh, of uh, what he believed to be magical attacks sent by Mathers. You know, he's like, Mathers is behind this. I totally know. Uh, Crowley supposedly sent a cohort of 49 demons to retaliate, after which no further strange events occurred. So I think he just had some uh, negative life experiences and was like, this is Sam's fault. And and that's it. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, or maybe 49 demons did something. Maybe they did something. Chances are high that they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so Rose then gave birth to Crowley's first child. How about that? Woo! One in the other. He's, it's out now. Uh, so <laughs> Guess her name. Uh, or maybe guess how many parts her name has. Probably like, it's like Horus, Giza, Gigantopithecus, Monstrosity, Love Nest, Crowley. You're not like far off, honestly. <laughs> it was New Eat Ma Ahathor Akate Safo Jezebel Lilith. Was yeah. The, that was his child's name. It's not Barbara Bush, Mitch. No. Fun, you know, here's the thing. I, uh, I don't often, as a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever said this in my life on this show. And I've actually never said it and meant it anywhere. But I mean it now when I say this, okay? The first time in history that child should have been aborted. That's just what it may be. I mean, for its own safety. Honestly, well, it wasn't from lack of trying, or it seemed from Rose because she was just drinking the whole time, heavily drinking. She was drunk. Uh, this was fantastic, of course, <laughs> that the child was born. Uh, you know, but Crowley wasn't exactly uh, raking in the dough from his super expensively printed books of poetry, even after cutting the prices. Significantly, literally, no one bought these books. Like, yeah, he, he, didn't, he sold no books, so he wasn't. He didn't have any extra. Cash. It'd be really cool to have. Thank one God like he was now. rich at this point. You know? you know, if you could find that on Amazon, that'd be badass. Yeah. now, but fuck that. It would probably be so much more money. But uh, 
No, I mean, luckily he's, he's still a a rich kid. He inherited his dad's, you know, money there. So he's living off that. But still, it's kind of kind of sucks not to sell books. Uh, so there was a financial trouble of brewing. Okay, so luckily a man named Jules G. Armand invited Crowley to climb the third highest mountain in the world, Kanjinjunga. Nice. How about that? Nice. Kanjinjunga. He's in the new Godzilla movie. <laughs> Kanjinjunga fights Godzilla. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Uh, and it okay, and it was on this expedition that Crowley would first solidify his role as the wickedest man in the world, or he would like you know start that. People were just like, oh, maybe this guy's wickeder than everyone else. He uh, he was basically being a bitch uh, to everyone. First, he insisted on leading the whole expedition or he wouldn't go. And then they were just like, yeah, sure. And then he changed the route to a more avalanche-prone, uh, you know, route on a mountain that was notorious for avalanches anyway. All right. So he's, he's a lot of danger, and he's he sucks. He's being a bitch. Uh, he also uh, invited a hotel owner uh, with no climbing experience to make up for a hotel bill that he just didn't want to pay. He could have. He just didn't want to. So in, in return, he was like, how don't you come on this expedition? That would never fly if I owned a hotel. Yeah. It's like, like, you want to come climb a mountain with me? I'll, like, I'll no, I'll you owe me trades. like $400. If you got something cool to trade, I'll take a trade, you know? like We'll see what happens. Maybe you got like a cool van. Uh, I, don't I know, got maybe, a cool van. Maybe you got like a weird collectible item. It's like, all right, we'll, we can talk shop here. But, uh, yeah, if you're like, you want to come on this expedition with me, be like, how about you pay me, and then I'll still go with you. Like, what you want to do, do a grueling physical task in exchange for money? It's like, no. No. Are you asking what? to have sex with me, sir? It's it's like, no. Why do you want to do it? Not yet, at least. Yeah. So, uh, so it took a while to get, even get out there to the face of the mountain. But once the party finally met the face of the mountain uh, to begin to climb... Crowley made them all walk barefoot across the glacier, glacier for seemingly no reason at all. Just, I don't know why they did it either. Like, is he that in charge? Absolutely. I guess. Is I mean, he barefoot too? I don't think he was barefoot, Mitch. It was just like everyone else. He was like, walk barefoot and cross this glacier. Don't ask why. Like, I don't know why he did this, but uh, he was it, wicked, wicked things. Uh, so let's see. After the group had begun climbing, it was clear that Crowley wasn't the best at carving a safe path in the ice. Uh, and this was made clear by a member of the party slipping, falling, and dying. Okay, due to his, uh, his slipshod path. All right, all right. So he's responsible for a death. Uh, shortly after this, G. Armand retook leadership of the group, which he should have never given to Crowley in the first place, leaving Crowley behind, who told them that they'd be dead men without him. Okay. So he's just pouting in a tent. Uh, there were six men that continued on without Crowley, and the next day, Crowley's prediction somewhat came true. Uh, three of the six men were instantly killed in an avalanche. Probably due to the uh, the route that Crowley had chosen, but that's beside the point. Yeah, who would have fucking known? You want to go through shark-infested waters? It's like, I can't believe one of us was killed by a shark. What it's do like, you fucking really? think? It's like that Saturday Night Live bit. It's like they're, it's like rapping teenagers, and they're like, there's a bear in this bear cave. What are the odds? Like, what, what was it? I have no idea. We're, it's like we're straight up trapped in this bear cave, yo. 
But you're speaking some truth. I mean, yeah. that's where you're going to no, find No, it just them. makes so much sense. It's absurd. Oh, well, yeah, they, they died. Uh, when Yeah. Uh, when one of the surviving members came back to Crowley's camp for help, Crowley refused, saying that he warned them of such tragedies. So this, well, uh, yeah. He did. He did. He did do it. But, you know, why not help? Uh, so this depraved reaction proved to, uh, to, like, haunt Crowley for the rest of his life, but not, like, on his conscience. He would just have to answer for it a lot. Yeah. Uh, he, he even, you know, he had returned to normal life and give five news reporters his reasonings behind his actions, which were hilarious, as you can imagine. I just, they didn't deserve it. I told them. They took my power. They, they walked barefoot. I told them, don't fuck with the magic beetles, and here they are. Exactly. Maybe he had the my beetles. my menstrual cupcakes and shit. They're, they're asking for it. <laughs> well, after the whole mountain fiasco, and he has a kid this whole time. He's just like, oh, I have a kid. I'm going to go climb a mountain. So after the whole mountain fiasco, Crowley took Rose and their daughter around the world, which would prove to be no less dangerous than the mountain from which he just came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of dangerous going around the I world. Mean, shit, World's take, a terrible place. Have you been there? Taking a baby to a public park is dangerous. Let yeah. alone a needles everywhere, world. glass, people, all bad things. Uh, so he uh, he was riding horseback across multiple countries through Europe and Asia uh, without a plan, just sort of meandering around. Eventually, Rose and their daughter chose to let Crowley go off on his own uh, in this directionless travel. They're like, we're gonna go home. Uh, you can keep doing whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, so after this, Crowley returned to his land off Lake Loch Ness called Bullskin. You remember that place? Bullskin. Bullskin. Uh, where he finally finished the Aubramelon ritual. Isn't that exciting? I'm on the edge Grant. of my seat right now. Yeah, isn't that crazy? This guy's life is everything I've ever wanted. I know. Magic beetles and traveling. This will be even more attractive to you. How do you think he um, he did it? Diarrhea. I maybe there might have been some of that in there, but no, he uh, he completed it in uh, in his mind. In, oh, in a temple, he he did it in a temple that he imagined. That makes sense, though. Isn't that exciting? No one can take that away from you. You know, that's that's you <laughs> and you alone. That's no, true. It's true, man. He's just in bullskin, just like I'm in a temple. They don't have to believe you, but they have to accept it. That's just what it is. It's true. It's like ghosts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, it's not real. Well, you just have to accept that. To me, it is. You bitch. Yeah. Pretty much. Aeos told Crowley that uh, he was granted into the third order of the Golden Dawn, meaning that he was top of the line. He was top of the totem, you know, in the company of the magical secret chiefs. Yeah, dude, he's Isn't that amazing? shoulders with fucking Bill Schnoblin and, like, Gizmo <laughs> from the Gremlins and shit. Yeah, all the, all the top guys. Uh, so, this is amazing, right? Uh, well, this wasn't amazing. It, it wasn't... Yeah, wait. What wasn't amazing, there we go, was Crowley's marriage at this point. Uh, in all the travel around the world, Crowley and Rose's daughter, who I'm not going to say all the different parts of her name, contracted... Subadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadubadub
Uh, yeah, shortly after Rose uh, left Crowley to his travels. Not surprisingly, Rose's drinking problem had an uptick, a bit of an uptick after this, and uh, it was not helped at all by the fact that Crowley openly blamed her for the child's death. He seems like, like that it was kind you. of guy. It was you that, that done it, yeah. Not like a couple's thing or any sort of personal responsibility, perhaps. It's more so everybody else's fault. But, I, you know, I didn't do it. It's like, motherfucker, you were just on a mountain. Just, just on, on horseback, just, just rowing, going across the world, and she just died. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it was a, a little blame on both sides. How about that, Grant? No. Let's just marinate in the death of this child. No, I'm putting it on him. All right. And the baby was asking for it. <laughs> With a name like that, are you kidding? Baby, she was asking for it. Yeah, but one out, one in, because Rose then gave birth to the couple's second child, a little girl, uh, which they named something way shorter. It's like Susan. Susan, that would be cool. But no, I actually kind of like this one a lot. It's Lolo Zaza. Isn't that kind of fun? I mean... It's Lolo Zaza. It's fun until you have to, like, be a human being. You're like, hi, I'm Lolo Zaza. I'm like, what? 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 what no, it's fine, that? dude. I could see that on like a license. You know? Yeah, and I'd be like, oh, that's stoked a, about it. That's a cool vanity plate. Like, oh, that's not. That's just a person's full name. It's like, no, it's a. He has a name tag. Custard Crowley. That'd be a better one. Custard Crowley. That'd be a good one. Custard Crowley. All right. So, uh, what what happened after this? What do you think? Uh, he abandoned Rose and Lolo. Uh, <laughs> to form a new magical order. Uh, so you see, Crowley was gaining a small following of people that uh, that bought into his whole, you know, claim that he was the of the third order. And these guys would go on to follow Crowley around like a posse wherever he went. Insane magic posse. I am P. Yeah. The imps. The imps. <laughs> I love the that. imps, bro. Yeah, the imps. So Crowley also claimed that since uh, completing the Auburn Melon ritual, his consciousness had absorbed that of Eos, and it was all of these elements combined that told him that it was time to begin publishing again. Because he had taken a break, you know, he got a little disfranchised a little bit. from the uh, the no sales. But yeah, he was just like, yeah, I'll fucking let's start publishing again. I'm feeling good. So this time it was a collection of his works. Okay, so he. Even like boosted sales a little bit by offering a hundred pounds to whoever could write the best critical essay on the book. Okay. So he's like, read it, write something about it. I'll give you money. That's what he said. I like that. You know, it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So still, sales were low. Only one man wrote in a critical essay, and that guy's name was John Fuller. John and... Fogarty. Yeah. All right. <laughs> People just called him Boney, though. Yeah, well, You want to know why? Boney? Because he's, he's a homosexual. No, he was just really obsessed with Napoleon. You oh. know, bone apart, Boney. That's so not clever. It's way less sexual and funny. But I'm actually, like, upset that people thought that that was fun. <laughs> he's Boney. <laughs> okay. Well, he was buying what Crowley was selling and not just his book, you know what I'm saying? It'd be funnier uh, to call him Boner, you know, like he's a fan. Oh, yeah. He's oh, in the Boner Club. Yeah. Well, fun fact about, I'll call him Boner. Fun fact about Boner here, uh, years after the time period where we're talking about, you know, uh, he wrote a book 
that inspired the Nazi Blitzkrieg. And Perfect. Because of this, he attended Adolf Hitler's 50th birthday bash. Oh, what a bash. So this is the kind of guy that loved Crowley's book. <laughs> That's a hard party to get invited to. Yeah, it's right. Like, you got to question a lot of things. First off, Hitler's why 50th you, birthday bash. Why are you invited? That's that's step number one. Step number two, how do you respond? Because I feel like you can't say no, even if you really want to. It's like, I mean, oh, he wanted to. Yeah, how do you say no? He literally wrote the book on Blitzkrieg. Oh, yeah. I mean, this dude, he had a boner, dude. He was ready. He was boner. Anyway, this, uh, this was the only guy that wrote a critical essay on Crowley's work. And it was very in favor of Crowley himself. You know, it was like he was, he was, uh, he, he had a boner for it. You know. Yeah, he's a fan. There we go. So Crowley published the essay and never paid Fuller the hundred pounds. How are you gonna treat your imps <laughs> like that, huh? <laughs> this guy's in the posse, and you're gonna you're gonna betray him. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Well, uh, let's get into another fun character in, in Crowley's life at this point. Crowley. He found his first magical student around this time. And through what else but sweet cocaine? Obviously. Obviously it's cocaine that's magical. Uh, So Crowley met George Montague through his drug dealer. Montague was convinced that his mother was trying to kill him through witchery. He was a very uh, paranoid guy. I don't think it had anything to do with the cocaine, though. No, Probably was, nothing to do with the cocaine. He was being He's the only honest one in this whole story. Yeah. I promise you. He's like, yeah, I was trying to kill me, witchery and all that. Uh, Crowley convinced Montague to pay him to be his student uh, and to, you know, and to pay for a trip to North Africa for a magical retirement. Nice. Because apparently he would take, like, little, little breaks here and there because every time he would come back to magic, he'd be, like, super, uh, like, inspired. Okay. So he's like, we'll take a magical uh, vacation. You know, it'll be great. Magical retirement. Yeah, a sabbatical, if you yeah. will. You know. So this trip ended with Montague telling Crowley that he was sick of his teachings and sick of being made to feel as though he was a bloody shit in the street. Wow. So I don't think he liked Crowley in the end. I, it's hard uh, to. You it's know? hard to you know become friends with people you meet through your cocaine dealer. Right. And it's I'd like, imagine. As he's getting older, he's not as rich. So that just makes it even harder. No, you it's know? true. It's very true. It's very, it's much more difficult to put up with him now when he has less money. Yeah. Well, it, their kind of relationship uh, completely ended when Montague eventually accused Crowley of being in cahoots with his witchery, trying to kill him mother, uh, who again, you, you know. His mother had been he was dead trying, for he was 15 trying to years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> She's, he's still thinking the spirit about realm. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Crowley then abandoned the boy. Okay, so he's good at that. Yeah. So after this, Alistair Crowley uh, began setting down the groundwork for his magical society called Agentium Astrum, which I'm going to call AA for for readability's sake. That's some fucking Harry Potter shit right there. Uh, Argentium Astrum. Yeah. Now, what do you think that spell would do if it was a Harry Potter like spell? Probably, like, give you, like, a super wedgie. <laughs> like like an atomic wedgie or no, a super wedgie? What's a, a super wedgie? This is a magic one. Magic, okay? 
You're fucked. Oh, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it, it literally, it just, right. it turns, I don't know. I don't know what it does. It puts razor blades in your underwear or something. Oh, that sounds awful. I don't know. Argentium Astrum. It does some real fucked up shit. Oh, fuck no. Uh, so he, he led this society by way of the teachings he channeled through AOS, uh, charging members to join, yes, but never making much money at all. Uh, so this magic society for him was not about the money. He truly believed in all that he did and taught and was unapologetic about the manner in which he did so. Uh, Crowley also, as we covered in the first episode, wanted attention and far-flung notoriety. And he was about to fucking get it. Okay? But this wouldn't have been possible without one wacky character named Victor Neuberg. Victor! Neuberg. It's not Neudberg. It's not OJ's character. That was OJ's character, right? Neudberg? What, my fucking police character? What, what movie was he What in? was it? It was Naked Gun? Yeah, Naked yeah. Gun. That's what it's it was. It's not Neudberg. It's Neuberg. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, Victor Neuberg. Crowley destri- described Neuberg as a vegetarian, wild, laughtered, enormous-lipped poet who refused to bathe, wear hats or pants, and that his uh, admiration for Crowley uh, brought out his admirable side, I guess. Uh, so, Neuberg was also known at the time for publishing Dylan Thomas's first book of poems. Isn't that cool? Okay. It's cool for me only, maybe. Uh, let's see. Where else? What else have we got on Neuberg? Dylan Thomas's poems. Anyway, Neuberg uh, became a magical student of Crowley, and Crowley chose to first free Neuberg of his repressions. This is about to get crazy, okay? Smart move, you know. You gotta, you gotta get rid of all the repressions. You gotta free him up. So he did this by taking Neuberg to a party. Okay? You gotta start a partying. He got him real drunk. He encouraged him to hit on every single woman present, all while spreading the rumor that Neuberg was a virgin. Okay. Isn't that just so mean? I don't understand. <laughs> Humiliating, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, just a is it though? Drunk it's virgin. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, but well, you, you want me to fuck this guy or something? Like, why are you tell me like, that? Hey, he's a virgin. It's like, who are you and who's that? I don't, I don't know you guys. Yeah, like, like you want me to bang the smelly guy? I don't know about that. <laughs> Humiliating. All right. Well, that, but that was nothing compared to the next freeing of repressions. So Crowley told a woman to begin flirting with Neuberg and told Neuberg that she loved him. He's nice. Like, he's like this chick loves you, dude. So, Neuberg proposed to the woman, uh, who was just going along with Alistair's, like, what he told her to do. Uh, So, he proposed, and she was like, yeah, of course. And Crowley then took Neuberg to a brothel, where, you know, they did brothel things, Mm -hmm. and later convinced Neuberg that he had to confess the entire thing to his untrue love interest. This woman. He was like... it's humiliating. For That's some a busy reason. night, man. Isn't like, it crazy? You start the night like I'm thinking maybe like 5 p.m. You know they're getting like a couple beers in them. Yeah, and then you know by midnight you've been you proposed to somebody, you're engaged, and you cheated on that person, and now you got to tell them about it. No, it's true. You don't even know who that person is either. Like it, it, it just all happened. Yeah, yeah. So she pretended to be devastated and broke things off with Neuberg, who was also devastated. And then Crowley was just like, gotcha. no, no, it was, it was a prank. <laughs> it 
This, none of that was real. I schooled you, bitch. Dude, Neuberg didn't even believe him uh, until he walked in later on Crowley and his former love interest sharing a cigarette after they fucked. Cool. Isn't that... <laughs> this is fucking brutal, dude. I guess that's one if way. If you did this to me, I would fucking fix your legs just so I could cripple them again. I, I don't I would time. throw you in the ocean. I mean, like, it'd be a fun prank, but, like, who's going to do all Who's gonna do all that setup? It's so, like, it's so involved and sadistic. It's brutal, man. It's fucking brutal. This, it's a good example of Crowley's unapologetic nature in his teachings, though. It's kind of funny, though, you know, when, you, it, when you look at it from a, a big It's really funny from the outside. You're like, wow, that's just a great, that's just, like, a great weekend. You know, no, that's it's one true. you talk about forever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Neuberg was still on board, though. He, uh, you fucking trusted the process. Hey, you have to at that you point. Tr- if you're that deep in, you know. So Crowley then took Neuberg to Bullskin, uh, where it became apparent that Neuberg had a knack for Kabbalistic ritual, uh, spontaneously ejaculating while in his meditative trances sometimes. Thinking off, baby. Thinking off. Uh, so despite this promise, uh, Neuberg showed in the magical you know, realm or perhaps because of it, I don't know, uh, Crowley's seemingly sadistic teachings continued. He made Neuberg sleep outside naked on a bed of thorns for ten nights in the Scottish winter. Cool. Yeah. Uh, he he was also made to punish himself each time he said the word I, uh, which he, he did by cutting his wrists with razors. That's smart. I mean, it really... That's, <laughs> Is it smart? <laughs> I mean, that's how you, you're going to train somebody for sure, I'll tell you that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, you just start referring to yourself in the third person, right? Yeah, pretty much. Or is it like a sonic thing, or is it like the letter I? Ooh, that's a good like, one. Yeah, but my eyes. Anytime. <laughs> you know? If you say like the letter I in any form. Oh, that would be even harder. You'd be done like for Like if it's in any word you, that you you'd say. You'd be done. God damn. Well, yeah, you'd cut his... <laughs> it isn't fair, Mitch. You're right. <laughs> Can we have pizza? And it's like, oh, you got to. It's like you got to do it. <laughs> Fuck man. Uh, so, uh, you, Crowley would uh, just just whip Neuberg in the bare ass while calling him Jewish slurs too. And the slurs are actually that's the that was the line for Neuberg. Uh, He's he, like, stop. Yeah, he was like, you can do whatever you want in in uh, you know in uh, trying to teach me magical things, but hurling racial slurs that's that's uh, that's a lesser man's game. That's what he told him. He was like, "That's I like that. He was like, don't fucking do that. Come on. Uh, let's check in on Rose, okay? This was about two years after their divorce, and Rose was drinking a bottle of booze a day, eventually being committed to a hospital for alcoholic dementia. That's pretty just bad. being drunk. It's pretty bad. Yeah, consistently. So, following her release, she married the doctor who treated her in the hospital. Isn't that seem kind of weird? That's got to be some type that of violation. Good. You know it started in the hospital, too. That's not good. That seems like it's against some type of oath. Some sort of oath. Maybe like a... Seems like a, a hypocrite. or hip, hip, uh, The Hippocratic? Hip, something. Hip, hip, yeah. Hippocrates. Anyway... Uh, it's fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked up. So yeah, she married the doctor who treated her in the hospital. This being said, Crowley's ties to his ex-wife and child were all but cut, and he uh, he put all of his attention towards publishing a magical magazine called Equinox. 
And this thing was thick as a fucking dictionary. Like the James Bond movie. Hey, yeah. Is it? I don't know. I don't think it's a movie, but there's a, a mission in one of the old video games. It's called Equinox. It's it's good. Maybe. It has nothing to do with Crowley, but, you know, it's fun nonetheless. Nonetheless. Well, yeah, so the, it was, like I said, thick as a dictionary, and it quickly actually became a hit. Like, it, it sold pretty well. He, of course, made uh, next to no money, though, from the wildly successful magazine. Again, due to his uh, insistence on using the most expensive and high-end paper. So he, he had no profits. Yeah, that'll happen when you're a tool. But people were reading about him. And that was cool. You know, but he wasn't making money. Damn it. Yeah. If only I had a way around this. But I, <laughs> I cannot cut There's production simply no costs. way. You mean I could print this for five cents a page instead of $3? You're being absurd. Why would I do that? That can't be real. Uh, but, you know, like I said, from this literary success uh, came recognition. Crowley began performing rituals in his AA temple. And like I said, I'm not going to say it every time. The AA temples. Uh, events that he made open to the public to attend. Isn't okay. that crazy? He even invited reporters and these rituals often included the consumption of opium and peyote. And then he starts reading, like, poetry while everyone's coming up on drugs. And then Neuberg starts dancing wildly once everyone's good and fucked up. That's my kind Isn't of party, That sounds man. so much fun. I'd go. <laughs> I don't know. Would you do peyote? I don't know if I'd do peyote. Uh, yeah, I would. You know, the first two hours where they say you're just, like, puking and feel terrible? I don't, I don't think I want that. I feel like that's one of those things that like, you have to try. It'd be like if, it? you, if you didn't have, like, Cajun food when you went to New Orleans, you know? So where would I have to go where I would have to do pay it? Like, is it just the if desert? It's offer, or? If it's offered to you, you, you have to. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Please the don't offer that to me. I'm not certain that many people would ever offer that, but if it ever is offered, you have to. Well... It's a binding contract. Yeah. It's in the book of the law. It says. <laughs> well, it was peyote and opium, so it was, it was a crazy time. So, yeah, these rituals, opium, peyote, poetry, Neuberg dancing. Uh, and once everyone was, you know, getting fucked up. So reporters were writing these accounts and publishing them because he invited them. and It was open to the public. Anyone could have just come in and seen this. Okay. Like, it was for anyone to see. So Crowley's infamy was finally growing, spreading outward to the masses. And it was this notoriety that led Crowley to finally publish the text AOS had had him transcribe some ten years before. The Book of the Law. Book of the Law. It was about to hit the printer. Hit, yeah, the, gonna, hit, the, hit the shelves. It's going to hit know? the fancy paper. And that's where we're going to end for today. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot more. We're just going to keep going till it's over. I Yeah, I, th- I think that's a solid area to kind of leave us on. Yeah. Book uh, the Book of the Law is finally becoming a real physical thing. It's not just living in his, in, his, in his fucking drawer. His life has certainly been altered in multiple different ways, uh, but now he's got sort of a... Just, right now he's kind of like a Charles Manson type. Yeah, you know? had a child, child died, had another child, left it. Uh, Neuberg's there. He's, he's, he's abusing got some, him. He's got some real close friends. He's got people that want to hear what he's got to say. And he's kind of just living in it right now. You know, he's, he's working his way He's living in it, yeah. He's climbing up the ranks. But I think I think that's the episode. That is the episode, dude. Crowley's fucking crazy. 
no, the I, more I read about this guy, the more I, I'm kind of, gl- I am glad that we're doing this. Oh yeah, you it know, had like, to be done. You know, we couldn't, you can't have a series or not a series, I guess, a show like this and not talk about him at least once. Oh yeah, and he's he's come up in a multiple different episodes, so it's about time that we give give the people the info on it. Yeah. You know, and it's fun to see he's just a big fucking dork I just with like a lot him. of money. I, he reminds me. He, I feel like he he gave me the same vibes as like Hank from Breaking Bad. So you're gonna say from King of the Hill? Like just physically, that's like what I picture. And he's just like, "Hey, you come here!" Like he's got that voice and like the stubby hands. Yeah, he has a high pitched voice too. Yeah, the, the, like it's pretty high pitched. He's got some Catwoman vibes. He's this Catwoman, really? Wow. Yeah, he's sexy and he's got an allure to him. Yeah, you know? he knows. You yeah. Mitch, what do you got to say? Yeah, what's going on here? What do you, I see you. When you guys reaching. are ch- so, when you brought up that him and Rose had sex in the Great Pyramid, yeah, you know, I had a little tangent going on in my head. Have you guys ever heard the conspiracy of like people who who are giving birth in like water and there's like dolphins like swimming around them and there's like some weird spiritual thing with it. There's dolphins. And yeah, people aren't allowed to like interact with dolphins. So it's, it's like illegal. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm opening up a big can of worms, but okay, that's they, what I thought. It's like some new age. It's like some weird new age thing. All so right. I just thought, oh, people banging in the pyramids, you know, it's like it's just like dolphin birth. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> I love that. All right. Dolphin, yeah, dolphin sanctuary. Would they too. like? Would dolphins like eat the, the placenta? Yeah, the placenta. Um, uh, who fucking knows? Eating the old placenta there. Something would. I mean, look at what the ocean is. Something's gonna eat it. Yeah, I mean, I feel it would attract sharks, but dolphins were there. It's like ah, it's food. It will be devoured. And yeah. I know dolphins. They like to rape. I don't know why. Yeah, they're very aggressive in that sense. But they, Isn't that weird? They're horny as shit. I'll tell you that. So majestic off in the oh. distance. You got to be on land to, to be like ah, so so nice. Yeah, it's fun. if you're in there with them, it's like oh, maybe I'll get when out. In there, maybe I'll get like, on a boat. Get away from me, you creepy yeah. sea dog. Sea dog. Ah, uh, you're thinking of fucking fucking water puppies. Yeah, little, a little, little bit. seals, you know, little seals, but they're fun, you know. They are fun. They're, they're not gonna molest they you. They bark like dogs, you know. They're just chilling. But well, anyway, with all that being said, yeah, that's, that's effectively Alistair Crowley part, part three. three. How about that? It's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. And we're gonna be back next week with more Alistair Crowley coming at your face. Yes, and, and possibly will. the next week. We'll see. He's, we'll see how it pans out. He's coming. He's coming for you. Don't worry. Oh, he's coming. You're gonna get the attention you desire. He's he's going to be coming a lot in, However, the, in, in the next couple episodes, yeah. We love you guys very much. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, get a tattoo of us and show it to us. And then we'll be like, oh, And I'll match God. that tattoo, whatever your tattoo is. You're going to match it? Yeah, I'll match it. Uh, I, I won't get it on the face, though, because that's just not who I am, you know? What about, like, behind your ear? No, nowhere no. on the head. Nowhere on the head. What if we shaved your head bald, you got a tat, and then you just you know grew it up, grew it back? So it's like your little little private secret. Not interested. Not interested. All right. Well, he'll match it though. I'll make sure it's like on his ass or something. I'll I'll match it. I'll I'll, I'll have some fun with it. We'll do it. Cool. But we will be back next week, as Jake said. So just fucking just be patient. Yeah, it's real easy. But 
Uh, yeah, we are starting a cult. It's Grant. I'm Jake. Mitch was here. You can follow us on all the shit. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And then, um, you know, there's the Patreon down below. We talk every other Thursday about just whatever, and it's it's so much fun. We love you if you do that. But also, if you don't, if you're just here listening, whatever. But, you know, there's a Patreon down there. Yeah, we still like you. Yeah. No, you're great. We might not use the L word. Yeah. Just yet. No, we love you. I'm just kidding. I love you. But, uh, and start a cult at gmail.com. Email us anything you want. Please. Okay, yeah. All right, bye. Okay, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bananas. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.